You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, a podcast for music fans, where musicians and friends share some drinks and talk about the top 12 songs in a year without all that technical jargon. Join us for episode 60. This week, we'll discuss the best songs of 1997. Looking back in 1997, Tiger Woods became the youngest golfer to win the Masters. Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. B. Smalls was gunned down. Rich Mullins and Princess Diana died in car accidents. 39 Heaven's Gate cult members committed suicide. J.K. Rowling publishes her first Harry Potter book. Top movies included Titanic, Tomorrow Never Dies, Goodwill Hunting, Men in Black, and The Fifth Element. TV show premieres included South Park, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Antique Roadshow, and King of the Hill. Gas prices average $1.23 per gallon. A new home you can get on average for $176,000. As for the music of 97, let's join your hosts, Rob Heitman, Jeff Stewart, and producer, songwriter, and star of a new kid show, Stephen Petrie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. We'll rank the Dirty Dozen or top 12 songs from 1997 while discussing their music, well, the year's music, all of the band's music, and pounding back a few drams of bourbon. I'm Rob. I'm Steven. And I'm Jeff. Hey, I would like to thank everybody who's been active on Facebook. While we can't give a shout out to everyone, I'd like to call out couple people every week. Alex Hennon, Tiffany Wolf, and Bradley Cox, thank you for being part of the community. Now, Steve, welcome back, man. And, thank you. And Jeff, welcome back. Thank you very much. And uh, Steve, I hear you're doing a kid's show on YouTube. Real quick, tell us quickly about it. Fizzling's Funhouse. F-I-Z-Z-L-I-N-G. Fizzling's Funhouse. It's a kid's show that focuses on education for young young kids, four to maybe eight, nine. But it also kind of has a little bit of something for the parents that's not as annoying or annoying as most of the kids' shows that are out there with a focus on music. And it's not dumbed down in that way. And who do you play on the show? I'm Cowboy Steve. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Obviously. He's wearing a cowboy hat right now, and the chaps are a little over the top. Yeah. Put some pants on underneath the them. But I have a steel horse, so I keep it real. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, welcome back. And I know you're doing, he does producing, he does songwriting, he does pretty much everything. He's working all over the place. And he was working in 1997, so it should be pretty interesting. So let's start with Jeff. What stands out? to you for 1997? Any movie event or any of the things we list, listed? Well, every time you list what went on in 1997, a few things start flooding in my mind. Like, wow, that was 1997? Wow, wow. And then I realize I'm really old because I was <laughs> I was expecting a child, I think, in 19... 19- yeah, I was, actually. So it was the... It, you do it every time when you read those off. I'm like, oh, that was... Oh, the fifth element. I'm going through. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, there's a lot going on in 1997. I think of uh, Bobby, if I've told you once, I've told you many times, son. Uh, King of the Hill. Um, I I think of that, but I don't think I really got into that until maybe later. But I think of when I hear the music part of 97, it brings back memories of a switch from the rock and roll kind of band into music production. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked before the show started just about some of the drum loops and stuff that were this, the sound of the music really had a, there was a sound. Um, and I also think of in 97 when we were going through this, that I, I was not an album purchaser at all during this time. No, so for me, me, it was all these singles are like, Oh, I remember that. I love that. And it was kind of all over the place but not a lot of albums for me. I honestly think there's two albums from this year that I purchased. Hmm? 
Yeah, it was interesting. Like I, I, when I looked back at this, the big things that jumped out with me was the Harry Potter book first arriving. It seems like that's been kind of part of everything forever. <laughs> I'm not a strong reader. I told you I'm not a strong reader. Yeah, I know. I know it's hard. <laughs> That's why they made hard. the movie for people like us. And the Mike exactly. Tyson biting uh, Holyfield. Yeah, that yeah, was the craziest that. thing I'd ever seen. Twice. I know. That's right, yeah. And he didn't He didn't like spit it out. He's just like, yeah. what? He, yeah. he lacks the taste of so Holyfield. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Evander. It's your ear. Oh, uh, yeah. The music's awesome as well. Could to join me in a belt of scotch? It's 9 30 in the morning. Yeah, but I haven't slept in days. We're drinking today something called Stellum, but it's really made by the people who make barrel bourbon, which is a high-end bourbon. But it's really good. It's about 115 proof, but Stellum has made it more of a reasonable price. Bottle kind of looks like a wine bottle. Yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. Now, why would I choose this bottle to talk about the 90s? And even though Uh it's more of an 80s sort of style, but there was some still around in the 90s. Can you spell Stellum backwards? Mullets. (laughs) Mullets. <laughs> awesome. Mine was gone by then. <laughs> I need to see a picture. <laughs> oh, I had a mullet. I did too, actually. Ninety-seven. I was past. No, yeah. you had one in early nineties. You had one in two thousand seventeen. No, no, I had, I had one in the early nineties. That is great. That's a good call. Yeah, I just saw that. I said that's perfect. We got to use that. Oh, that's funny. Really good. Got a little like vanilla. Maybe some peppers and some apples. Got a little feel. burn at the end, yeah. And it's thick too. It's like, uh, yeah, it's it's sticking thick. to the glass. Yep. And sweet. Yeah, you get that. You get the pepper on the tongue, and then it just yep. kind of sits a little bit longer. And you have a little water in yours. Yeah. So that'll probably open up, and you'll get more of the. Fr- it'll be a little bit more fruity than mine, maybe. Because I'm, I'm getting that my because name. mine's pretty watered down by now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a lot. Of, maybe peach or pear yeah okay that's good but anyway that's what we're drinking i'll put a link to the bottle so you can check it out on the show notes before we begin we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share under 20 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight then we may do a second clip we have made apple music and spotify playlists just search official dirty dozen on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to the artists we discuss. We have also created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. We decided to link a song with the year the album was released. There's so many ways to do this, right? Because songs could end up in multiple years on the charts, we felt that the year the album came out was the best way to avoid duplication over the podcast. The way this works is we combine individual top 12 lists to create our official Dirty Dozen. We'll count down the official list from 12 to 1. Nice and simple. Before we get going with the list, we'll each talk about a song that wouldn't be in our top 12, but we'd still like to discuss. We call this our song of note. So Jeff, what's your song of note? Bleed Together by Soundgarden. Okay. Why? Yeah. Because Soundgarden song. It was released in 1997. <laughs> it's the only one. Period. That's there. it. They released a greatest hits album called A-Sides. And then this album was on. It was recorded during the Down on the Upside sessions. Mm-hmm. Didn't make the album, but they figured they released it on this greatest hits, quote unquote. So good song. I think Kim referred to it as kind of a 
punk song in a sense. If you listen to Matt's drumming, it's straight ahead, which isn't normal for him. He's not doing his off time or his crazy fills. He does a couple times, like if you hear, listen to the ride. To break it up a little bit. But during the verse, it's pretty much just straight ahead. And then Chris's vocals sound really good on this one. Well, Chris's vocals sound really good. He can do anything. We've heard in my past episodes that he can sing the phone book and I'll listen to it. Yeah, the chorus isn't too hooky. Chris does a great job with it just vocally. Exactly. And the only thing I don't particularly like about it, it's just minor little nuance, mm-hmm. was the intro, that little dissonant guitar in there that Kim does. I was like, uh, just, a, just a couple notes yeah. in the beginning. I yep. was like, it just felt off. But then the rest of the song is fine. Well, I was trying to think what they were. Are they sus chords or is it like a... A weird something or other that doesn't necessarily fit at the beginning of the song. I just don't think Kim is used to playing in regular E. (laughs) (laughs) It's not drop D or open C half their songs are in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're constantly swapping guitars. During their show. Yes, absolutely. Well, when Chris even does his acoustic stuff, he's got like four guitars behind him. Yeah, some of the tunings he has are crazy. And you can really play it with like one finger. And you play like really complex stuff when you arpeggiate the chord, when when you play all the notes. It sounds amazing because normally you'd have to put your hand right. like this it, to do exactly. it. Two hands to do it. Yeah. But he has a tune like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheating. super creative. It really is. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh, how does Alternate do tunings get you out of ruts. Yeah. That's, huh. that's it's different voicings, different way to play it. Interesting and different, right? But this song isn't. It's more straight ahead than a Soundgarden song. Let's listen to A Believe Together by Soundgarden. Jeff's Song of Note. All right. That's Bleed Together. Chris singing about depression. Shocking. Yeah, I know. That, to me, was a little Foo Fighter-y. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is, is yep, kind of. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, Steve, what is your song of note? My song of note is... Dun, 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 dun. Tub thumping. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> it should have been top five, right? <laughs> so By I'm Chumba thinking... Wumba. Chumba Wumba, one? Yeah. They had a huge career after this, Dude, though. Dude, this really song did. is a party song, and I love just the delivery of the vocal. Yeah, yeah. When the chorus comes in, it's like, this in the night away. It, it's perfect emotionally for me. The groove, the lightness of it, it fit the sound, in my opinion, of pop music in 97. It's English, so I love it. I think it could have been top 12 for me. At least I'm getting to talk about it. It's interesting when you, well, a couple, there's two things that jumped out mm-hmm. on me for this, and this is not about the song specifically, but it is. Uh a little bit of English to American translation for people who have a problem with that. A tub thumper? Do you know what it means? Well, it's a politician in yeah. England. Yes. Yeah. And pissed. He said, I'm drunk. Pissed. pissed he means drunk. Pissing the night away. Pissing out. It's drinking. <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> like, pissing the night away as an American may be quite different. Yeah. Or being pissed is quite right. different. Angry. too. Yeah yeah. 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 Interesting. The group, it was their whole mission as a group. They have a mission. They were collective, this band. Mm-hmm. And their mission was dedicated to the destruction of the government of the United Kingdom. They were anarchists, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know so, what? I, I I wish I could just enjoy a song. No, we're going to ruin it for you. It should be illegal nope. for bands to have mission statements. We're ruining it for you. <laughs> Rob always ruins it. I, I can't I, believe it. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it goes to show that in music and anything that we do, art has stuff infused in it that's trying to, you know, present something. So let's play Steve's Song of Note by Chumbawamba. Chumba, by the way, in their language means man. Man, yeah. And Wumba <laughs> means woman. I don't know if that means anything. Who knows? Let's, let's listen to Tub Thumping. Okay, that was that's a jam. <laughs> you guys need to download that playlist and pump that yeah, one up, man. Yeah, that the one's a- Chumbawamba playlist. Yes, that'll be a very short playlist. <laughs> it's up bumping seventeen different mixes. <laughs> the dance version, extended dance version, live. It was good. It was a good one. That's perfect for that year, though, right? Yep. Oh, I forgot to mention it uh, when we talked about Soundgarden before, the bleed together that Jeff had his, his song a note. We did Soundgarden on our first podcast yes. ever. So if you want to check that out. It was a good episode. As a Soundgarden and fan, it was a good episode. Check that one out. It's the first podcast. And on my song a note is another one that we've done before. And it's the song is Over the Falls by Primus. And Ooh. it's one of these songs that I really always liked. We did uh, Primus in episode 23. The groove is infectious. I like the story about it. I think of Over the Falls. I'm kind of a big, I don't know if I talked about this. I probably didn't. Uh, I like Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And I when I hear Over the Falls, I think of Moriarty. Oh, and, and really? Them, yeah, and yeah, them yeah. fighting and them falling out over the falls. And that's not what the song's about at all. But it just puts that visually in my head mm-hmm. and it makes me like it more for no reason. Yeah. But Over the Falls is about being a band. Everybody's waiting their turn to go over the falls, and hopefully they can get there and and go and go into the crazy world of touring and uh, being a signed band and being a big band. And Primus did that, so awesome. Cool. Let's hear it. I don't know if I've heard this song. Yeah, and oh, the video is amazing too. So you should check that out. Yeah. They do some. Uh, it looks like people are building well, barrels to go over the fall, and there's like scientists doing stuff. It's really kind of cool. Yeah. And well, less is amazing, though, right? Yeah, less is less is the reason Primus is amazing. Yeah. Less is just great. Right. Less is just one of the most fantastic bassists I've ever heard. He's not going to be the one who sits back and gets into the pocket. He's going to be the one up front. He's the lead bass player. He's the lead <laughs> bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So let's listen to my song of note, "Over the Falls" by Primus off their Brown album. Let's listen. Was that a fretless bass? Yeah, yeah. He, I could tell. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's just he's crazy. And and you could even hear the crazy stuff in that little clip, but later on it gets crazy. I just love Primus. It sounds like Primus. Like, yeah. It's definitely a Primus song. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little more tame than it was slower. The earlier stuff. Yeah. It was not. Oh, I'm yet. sure there's faster stuff on the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even that song, they have like a little thing later. But it was just more of a I just like that feel and the vibe and over the falls. It's Primus. Primus is great. All right. We did our songs of note. What comes next? 
Uh, oh, we actually do our dirty, dirty dozen. dozen. There we I go. thought we were leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you might as well because you have none of your songs are out here. <laughs> that absolutely does not surprise me. <laughs> oh, actually, your song is our number 12 song. Oh. And this is the, And this is a solo. We're going to have a couple solo ones. First couple, I think, are going to be just one person had. Mm-hmm. And this is Jeff's. And this was your number five which this was is by Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. It was a huge album. Give me Off a break. Off of the Come On Over. No. Yes, it was huge, right? No, I'm not saying I'm put, no, and, we're not and, critical and at look, all. And I'm not saying I saw her at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Jeff loves Shania. <laughs> I'm not saying that. All right, confession. This is Steven talking. If we were to judge albums for 97, I would put this number one. Why? There were three singles that were huge on this album. Only three? Maybe four. Yeah, I mean, she... Has mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs of all time, which is I'm gonna get you if I'm not all night. I'm gonna get you takes all night. So I love Shania. I just didn't like these songs for some reason that right. I just thought they were cheesy. Sorry, I took your no, no. your flow there. Wait, hang on, you didn't do anything. It's not, like, it's not like I'm part of this fan club. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not the number one fan, but you know, I'm down the list a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, he's number five right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, come on, gotta... I'm not I'm not crazy. I thought something from this album had to be on this list. It has cowbell. How can it be bad? Exactly, and more cowbell. <laughs> right. It, you know, when you listen to the harmonies, it's like okay. And you know I mean, who produced this? Yes, everybody sure was mutt. Yes, of course. Well, if you listen to it, a few of the other songs on the album are are stand out a little bit more, but it could be Def Leppard. Right. When they do those, that multi-layer harmony stuff, it's like, oh, that's my lane. Yeah. Right. Now, Mutt did Back in Black. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds just like ACDC really. Yeah, yeah, it's basically ACDC. She sounds so much like Brian Johnson. It almost blows my mind. Exactly. So (laughs) I thought something from this album had to be on there. This was kind of the first single. Yeah, it's a fun little pop song. The chorus is catchy, obviously. Yeah. I like it with the stop and when she has that sort yes. of a side sort of spoken word. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're a rocket scientist. Yeah. Or whatever. Or you're Brad Pitt or whatever. Brad, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's talking through, like I said, she's talking through half of it. But, yeah. you know, it was a popular song. It was a huge hit. And for a country song, that's even a little guitar solo. It's nothing. Yes flashy or anything but it's there and it's good it's well, it was not, right? is it weird how when we, when we were in 97 mm-hmm. wherever we were we didn't yep. know each other all three of us right but when i think of this song yeah i arrogantly think i was too cool for this song and so when i hear it now i have that same mindset right. of going yeah I, I didn't like this that much so just to this be clear one missed, this one missed for my me. wife <laughs> owned this album i just want to make sure. sense to it me it doesn't mean that it we didn't totally listen to, to it in the sense. car like a thousand times but i well maybe indirectly but i did not purchase yeah. this album i just want to make that yeah but who, clear. who purchased the shania twain poster on your ceiling <laughs> that that has nothing to do with this album <laughs> i replace that every three years it has nothing to do with the album <laughs> Solid pop song, though. I'll give you that one. Absolutely. Solid pop song. Okay. (laughs) That said, let's listen to Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Our number 12. Let's listen. Okay. So you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. So you got the looks, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me Okay, that's Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain, our number 12 song. So, there you go. There you go. Thank you for sharing that. That was good. Absolutely. And speaking of the number five song that made it, and mine was If There's Ever a Tie, by the way, 
how the media ranks the songs right. is the tiebreaker. Yeah. The number 11 overall was mine, and it's my number five. Okay. And it's off of an album called Big Willie Style by Will Smith, and the name of the song is Miami. And I just remember going to clubs... And this song, seriously. So hang on a second. We need to hear the club story. Uh, no, first. that's all right. And but it's I, I love like the interjection of uh, you know female vocals. This is it's more pop rap. This isn't hardcore rap or mm-hmm. anything. So, you know, it's catchy. It's yeah. fun. Miami. I just remember singing about it, and I'm like, I've never been to Miami, but I kind of feel like I'm there. You know, from like Miami Vice. So by, Will by, Smith took you on a journey, yes, is what did. you're saying? Yeah, in this song? Like, okay. Miami, I imagine what there's there's beaches, there's ridiculous cars, there's hot women, there's walking on the beach, there's money, there's Sylvester Stallone. Uh, <laughs> so I have a proposal. I have a proposal. Yeah. Will Smith podcast in Miami, Dirty Dozen. Oh, let's 2022. do it. 2022. Let's do it. Let's, let's, there just, you go. let's just get Steve's paying what he's what he, I was about to exactly. say. On Rob, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> business right off. <laughs> when Steve's kids show makes, you know, it's 20 million. Oh, I can't yeah, exactly. wait. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I found out about this just during research, and this is a little minor thing, that I didn't know about Will Smith. And this is not about the song per se, but I think I just might as well mention it. Will Smith had had a lot of movies that he was huge in, and he was on this run of really good movies. For example, this year he had Men in Black, which was huge. But in 1999, which he recorded around this time, he made the decision in 97, so I think it's relevant. He made a bad choice after he had the successful runs of Men in Black and stuff. There's a movie called Wild Wild West. Oh, goodness. I remember that, but I never saw it. Right, and that's most people, right? Because it was really bad. He had an opportunity to be in one other movie, and he turned it down to be in that. it wasn't The Matrix or something. It was The Matrix. Uh Oh, wow. He was supposed to be Keanu Reeves' character. Oh, gosh. But he turned it down to be in Wild Wild West. Although mechanical spiders chasing him in 1860. But the great thing about it, at least he had the number one song. So Jeff saw it at least. The number I one saw the trailer. <laughs> uh, you see the trailer, you know exactly what the movie's about. Poor Kenneth Branagh's in it. Goodness gracious. But anyway, this is Miami. This is our number 11 song. Let's take a Let's listen. Let's go, Will. Fire it up. Fire it up. Bienvenido a Miami. <laughs> All right, here we go. In Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break is gone. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. Bouncing in the club where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break is gone. I'm going to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Dude, I'm into it. The bass line <laughs> is so good. It, it, it took me clever. away to Miami. It, All of a sudden, I got human in here. I got bit by mosquito. Dude, it was awesome. I'm into that. I maybe overlooked that. It was really good. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a good song. Really. All right. That's number 11. So, Steve, this next one is not you. Sorry. You're still off. I may be off. I may. Well, I grew up in a different part of the country, you know? <laughs> okay. Speaking of manly songs, this is Jeff's four overall. Yeah. This is by a trio of musicians. No. Are you serious? From Oklahoma? Called Hanson. Oh, come on. They ripped us off, by the way. They ripped PC well, I, Quest look, off. Look, I didn't know you had a personal vendetta. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, yeah. brother. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. The name of the song is Mbop. It's and, a great pop song. And it's yeah. our, our number 10. But, Steve, before we start on, on that, let's just continue with that. What was the beef between PC Quest, which is the boy band that Steve was in in the early 90s, <laughs> and, and the boys All from right, Hanson? so... PC Quest was a real band. We were a singing group that was legit. We came out. It was wrong timing. New Kids on the Block got caught 
lip syncing and that mm-hmm. whole thing happened. It was wrong timing. We had good songs, whatever. I'm glad it didn't like go crazy because yeah. then it <laughs> leaves you. <laughs> Me too. Because I'd be super disappointed. Well, it leaves you. you open to be able to reinvent <laughs> yourself pretty fast. So my brother was kind of fronted PC Quest. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the Michael Jackson of the Jackson Five. Right. The young voice, super talented. And he's the lead the singer of thing. Shiny Toy Guns. Yeah. Right now, right? And he had the long hair. Yeah. Hanson comes out where, and they're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is two hours away. And we were big around that time when they were kind of budding. And the guy looks just like my brother. He ripped off the look, the whole thing. And we're like, what the hell? What is this? And then the timing, which is weird, but timing happens where people forget that all these people are lip syncing or whatever. And then it ushers in a new move of the Beatle kind of bands of 1990s. So I look at that and go, yeah, I see through that stuff. However, it is a good song. I'll give you that. Okay, Dude, yeah. I did not want to open a wound. I apologize <laughs> for that. Goodness gracious, if I had known. Well, that He's starting was so to tear good. up a little bit. Wow. Man, I did not and mean to pierce your heart like they're that. They're like two hours from us. Like, Look, they knew those our kids, gig. Those kids they can knew sing. Our gig. They do that no, song they're live. good. They're good. Yeah. And they're hanging in there. They're still right. trying to do stuff. Yeah. So I mean I did not mean to open that wound. But I actually I don't even want to do this. But if you if you look at a picture of my brother at that time, I, I need to. Are we and then put you this look up? a picture. You look at a picture of the Hanson guys when they came out. Right, it right, is sure. ridiculous. Yes. And it it was five years later, four years later, or whatever. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Anyway, it's a good pop song. It's a good pop song. It was maybe maybe a little high on my list, but it's a fun poppy song. It was popular. You know, people, know, when you play it, people know it. Well, it's interesting. I mean, they all can obviously sing, right? Yeah. And they all actually play their own instruments. One of the kids is 11, one's 16, one's 13. When you can write your own songs at that point mm-hmm. and actually make massive hits like this, even though they try to, if you, if you hear them talking about Mbop, it's, it's like the di- third iteration of it, it or it's, something. It's yeah. like some deep meaning. Mbop is the feeling that, I'm like, shut up. Mbop <laughs> 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 is something that, that you heard that sounded like the Jackson 5. I got it. I get yeah. it. It's not even, but, this is Jeff's top 10 of all time songs. Uh, it, is. But, no, <laughs> it is. But, Talk about posters in my room. But I tell you, Zach Hansen, who's the drummer, uh-huh. he was 11 years and seven months old when this hit the top of the Hot 100. Number one, right? Yeah, number one. And this made him the youngest group member ever to co-write or perform a number one hit. I think it's kind of interesting. Just from the idea of Hanson as, you know, when you look at it from a Beavis and Butthead sort of view or right. any of these other things, they, they're talented. I didn't own the album. But for me, I'm like, if you can create a following, if you can be a musician, put yourself out there and write, no matter if you're copying... PC Quest hairstyle, you're going to have your hits and to be actually be able to do a hit, whether or not it's going to be my favorite or something I'm going to be listening to. That's not the point. Right. That's not I, wasn't I, my I, point. Either. I always give credit to musicians who are out, actually there playing. They weren't a lot of times people were ripping stuff off. Like you were mentioning pre, I think mm-hmm. we talked about loops and stuff like that. They're actually playing. Yeah. And I give them credit. Let, let's just give I them agree. credit. That's I why agree. it's on my list. Good and, call. And again, I completely apologize. <laughs> I did not know that was going to open that wound like that. I am so sorry. I'm over it. I'm are over sh- it. Are you sure? 
Wow. Okay. It's still true, and it's weird. He has a dark apartment but... <laughs> on it in his room. It's crazy. Is that why there's an effigy in the studio? <laughs> the Hanson Brothers? I thought it was just because you were a fan, but apparently not. <laughs> well, he has umbop. He has it on his punching bag. It's like, umbop, yeah, exactly. umbop. His voodoo umbop. dolls of the Hanson Brothers. I just thought he was a fan. I really <laughs> Bobbleheads and everything. But the heads are off. I just remember weird. old leftover PC Quest fans were like, man, this band really ripped you guys off, and now they're making it. They're doing yeah. it. And I'm so, like, yeah. So Hanson fans like me... <laughs> Yeah. Right. Would have loved your band. I got to hear that those demos. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to our number 10 song, Bop, by Hanson off of the Middle of Nowhere album, which is the state motto of Oklahoma, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was very good, Rob. That was very funny. That was good. I enjoyed that. Okay. So let's listen to It's up. not the Middle of Nowhere, but you can actually see it from there. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's listen to number 10, Bop. Here we go. Although it's interesting, there are like some the producer of this mm. threw some scratches on there, threw some extra layering. Oh, there's loops on, on there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah they loops. were trying to, you know, they're making. But it, it does sound like 1997. Yeah, exactly. It does. Yeah. I give them that. Yeah. It was a good pop song. Chorus is the king of that song. Yeah, that particular like, one, the chorus yeah. is like the everything. Yep. <laughs> the verses were okay. <laughs> All right, so let's move to. And Steve, you're still on the bench, by the way. I, I'm fine. I'm uh, having a blast. Okay. <laughs> number nine is on my list. Thank We're going God. back and Glad forth. It's not mine. This is my number three overall. Okay. Ooh. And ooh. Uh, this is off an album called Life After Death by the Notorious B.I.G. The name of the song is Hypnotize. And it was one of the biggest songs that I can remember from. Obviously, it came out after his death. Mm. So it had a little bit of more meaning. There's a movie you guys should watch. It's on Netflix. It's called Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell. And it's a documentary about the life of Biggie Smalls, or as he's better known as Notorious B.I.G. But he was a legitimate gangster. He was not like one of these guys who played gangster. He literally was mugging people and doing drug deals and pimping and doing all this Fantastic. hardcore stuff. No, no, what I'm saying, but he got <laughs> right. himself out and he decided that he was going to get out of Brooklyn and Bed-Stuy, or right outside of Bed-Stuy. And then he found a career in music with Diddy. Or Puff Daddy, or whatever he was called at the time. He changed his name a few times. Yeah. Can you really, can you it, use it, his proper name, please? It's, it's Diddy Sean now. Combs, please. It's, you know, it's Diddy now. <laughs> anyway, he was his producer. But the rap style of the Notorious B.I.G. is fantastic. The only other person I saw kind of like this, and later on was Eminem, where it was so different. But Biggie Smalls raps in a very rhythmic sort of way, so much different than somebody like Will Smith, or somebody who's like straight ahead rapper would do. And if you listen to the way he does it, he plays it like an instrument. Mm. His vocal choices, his where he's hitting the vocal notes, even though it's a spoken word, mm -hmm. it's really fantastic. And even Diddy will like do some stupid stuff. Yeah, he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah, you know, all that stuff. But it actually sort of works. He just points and says, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and gets writing credit. And this is obviously sampled. This was uh, from Herb Alpert's uh, 1979 yeah. hit Rise, and Slick Rick. Mm. La D, La D, which yeah. is, uh, of course, you notice that immediately when you hear it. But Biggie Smalls had this big thing with Tupac Shakur. Mm -hmm. And what had happened is they were actually friends. And Tupac came out to the East Coast to visit Biggie at the studio. 
and he got mugged outside of the studio and he thought that it was Biggie Smalls group that did it and then he they had a hate on each other and he mm-hmm. left and he thought he tried to kill him they tried to kill Tupac and then there was this big back and forth and then Tupac died and then Biggie Smalls got gunned down when East he Coast, went to, when he went to LA to try to make peace and he went over there he literally after Tupac died Mm-hmm. This album was going to come out. The name of the album was Life After Death, which is kind of weird, but I, maybe they did that afterward. Went to like the Soul Train Awards or something like that, trying to make peace over this thing because he thought it was crazy. And he got gunned down there. So it's He crazy. got gunned down right outside the Peterson Automotive Museum. Yeah. It's, how did no one see anything? I mean, it's in the middle of this. It's Fairfax and whatever. I don't know if I've ever heard the song. It's a really catchy song. It's a really, really good song. I, It's my favorite. And you lived in New York at the time, right? And Actually, it was New Jersey, but yeah. So you were hanging oh, right. out with Biggie. Like, making a rain? No, making no, a rain he, he, was, he was not. But, <laughs> but that said, the East Coast, West Coast thing, I kind of heard. And not a really huge hip hop guy, but there's music I like. Right. And... And I guess like things like Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> all that record. Yeah, from all from all the early eighties stuff. Oh my neighbor did. We listen and, to it every day. Yeah, from all that stuff I rolled yeah. up from LL Cool J and Run mm-hmm. DMC and all that stuff. This one was just so amazing because of what happened and the whole I'm dying to hear it. All right. So let's listen to the number nine song overall, Hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. Here we go. So I just speak my peace, keep my peace, Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace, asking, asking who want it, get on it, flaunt it, that Brooklyn bull, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see, sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways, I guess that's why they're broken, yes, so. Track is awesome, it's just super tight, he's yeah. in it too, yeah. This, the lyrics are problematic, but you know, we'll, we'll get past that. Well, actually, that's the clean version. <laughs> The theme. I'm just going more to the theme. I just didn't want to accidentally sing along to the unclean version. <laughs> My favorite understand. part was when the girl came in. Oh, yeah. oh it's great. It's that's like, great. And, that, and that's Diddy right there. That's That was a girl. Is no, that, no, no. But he, that's his he, thing? He, yeah, he produced the track. Yeah. But but just the way he comes with the attack of the rap. No, it, the timing was incredible. Yeah. Like how he he's inside the track. Like it was the performance. If it was, was a band, you would call it tight, right? Super tight. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's the number nine song, Hypnotize. Great. All right, Steve, you were on the bench. I'm from, on the list. <laughs> but you're not going to like which one is on. Oh, I'm no. Next. No, no, no. It's, it's not as a bad song. It's just where it lies on Steve's list. This is a song by Radiohead. Are you serious? What's wrong with you people? It's Steve's number one song. This, this whole album, it might be one of the best albums ever created. And the name of the mm-hmm. song is No Surprises off of OK Computer, which is a great album. It's a album. fantastic That's, album. Absolutely. Yeah. So Steve, Lee. lead us Wait, off. Wait, all right, first of all. Just missed my list. Was it? It missed your list. Well, just barely. that explains a lot. Should I tweet? Really? It it, exactly. Right. Hansen, that's my point. You know, that's what I'm yeah, saying. So, yes. listeners, follow my list. I'll, I'll post it later. To me, the guitar sound, the guitar riff, the depressing lyric, the mm-hmm. the fragility of the song. Yes. It's just broken. It, to me, OK Computer was maybe their best album before I think they did the tipping point to where they lost people because they went too far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not me. Yeah. This album was extremely influential in my songwriting life. Like, 
I think of song worship songs I've written that that I borrowed from this, like literally, wow. melodically, musically, the guitar riff, the emotion, and then I think of a band Delirious who definitely was listening to this album for yeah. sure. This is an incredible art piece, the whole album. No, but listening to the song, knowing you for as long as I've known you now, it's been it's been almost like 2012. Jeez, oh, yeah, so it's almost 10 years. And but just knowing the music you like, and the style of this, you're like, oh my, that sounds like that sounds like <laughs> it doesn't sound like you. It sounds like That's somebody influence. <laughs> Somebody's like national and all this other stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, and Tom York, I, I like his quote. I have to do like a Tom York. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't sound like this. But if, but if you say and, and if you play it right, it's f-ing dark. It's it's like acting, but it's the edge of hammering, right. hammering it up. But you're not. It's the words are so dark, and then when we play it, we have to slow down, and it only sounds good because it's so slow. fragile. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought that's a great yeah. quote. Yeah. Their approach to making records is so stellar it it is like the peak of what people should shoot for sonically i think this album influenced a lot of music that i love for sure Mm. okay so let's listen to our number eight song overall no surprises by radiohead let's listen Point well taken. Point point well taken. Hey, no one can compete with English melody. I'm telling you, there's something ancient about that song that is amazing. It resonates with me because I'm hearing the vocal as part of the melody and is playing so well with that guitar. Like I was thinking, the first thing I thought was, I'm like, this sounds like something. And then I read the Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, it's Pet Sounds. Yeah. It's that kind yeah. of weaving in and out of melody and vocal and... That's what gets me. I'm, yeah. I think I'm a melody yeah. guy before I'm a melody lyric. Guy. I need to revisit this. Study it. I need to revisit It'll blow your mind. <laughs> okay, that was number eight. No surprises by Radiohead. So let's move on to our first match. Well, at least two of us had on our list. And here we go. It's probably going to go the rest of the way, by the way. Yeah. It's Steve and I. What? And I had it higher than Steve. Probably not a very good song. Though. And this is an English band, a band called Blur. And the name of the song was Song 2. Just barely missed my list. Steve had it at 8, I had it at 4, and it's our number 7. So it's almost like a disco beat with clean guitars in the beginning, and then they switch to that heavy. It's Woo! so freaking awesome. Like, even the the, the grit of yeah. this track. Yeah. It's that mid-90s British And thing. I love Blur. I like their sound. But it's interesting. They thought that they would just go so over the top with this song that it would piss their record company off. So they almost did it as a joke. The parody grunge. And they thought that their record company would hate it, but they loved it. And then they started playing it live. 
and they didn't have a name for it, so they just called it Song 2, Song 2, and then they were thinking about putting a name on it, but their fans knew it as Song 2, yeah. so they just put it out as Song 2. And earlier in the 90s, like the leftover, like they're the, really the better, like the EMF, the Jesus Jones, all that stuff, they were kind of in that flow too, mm. and well, that's when I became a fan, and then later on, and then that song ended up being a hit, but I thought yeah. they stayed true to who they were. I think it's a great, I think it's a great track. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. And it's interesting that you hear that little, like, the heavy noise in there. They actually doubled the bass track. Well, no, I think they have yeah. a two bass players. Like, oh, I, do even they? earlier tracks, I remember music videos going, Jeremy, what? They have two bass players. Like, yeah, that's badass. Oh, like one play yeah, high. Yeah, they doubled, yeah. And, and they won't play, play low. low, yeah. Literally, this was my number eight at one point, but it got bumped off because I had other reasons. Yeah. Mbop. Mbop. Yeah. <laughs> it was like high on my list. Oh, that's okay. Just don't playing. impress me much. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Hey, uh, trust me. Wait till oh, I know. A lot of my songs look, are kicked off the list. This is the first one you've list. been in there. Yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> and Blur wasn't even sure if they wanted this to even be on the album thinking it was too short. And imagine. How long is it? What is it's, it? It's like, oh. It's a three minute pop song. It's less than that. It's two minutes and something. Yeah. Oh, no, is, let me see. It's two minutes and one second. Wow. wow I like really that. Short. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, this song has been licensed a lot, even recently, right? Mm-hmm. Like in commercials. And, mm-hmm. and woohoo. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, because then I remember I was a like, lot of car commercials. You? Right. Yeah. And I think it was done by Apple or one of those early on. It was. You're yeah. absolutely and, right. And they were like doing one, them dancing when they had like the, the. It might be the first the first couple of iPod. Yeah. It was like commercials. iPod mini yes. or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, woohoo. And it you definitely the, yeah, boosted yeah. that song. They yeah. probably got paid for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, they did. I'm sure. It's a short but great song. I love it. Yeah. Agree. All right. Let's listen to our number seven song. Song two. All right. By Blur. Let's listen. By a jumbo jet. It wasn't easy. But nothing it Okay, that was number seven. The band with two bass players. It really is a song fun time. song. I mean, I didn't put it on my list, but I'm trying not to be so eclectic that I'm trying to add in, you know, umbop and you know. No, whatever. no, no you're, you're not wrong. wrong. Actually, when we're doing this list, each of us is trying to be broad so we can get multiple genres in here as well. Yeah. Now let's move to number six, which I'm on the bench on, but it's on both of your lists. Okay. Right there, bud. There go. About uh, time. It's, it's off an album called the Nimrod. I'm and into that. The artist is Green Day. Good riddance, time of your life. This is Jeff's number two, mm-hmm. and this is Steve's number twelve. It's one of those songs. I think it's well written. I'm not a huge Green Day fan, but I think this song fits in nice in the year. I think Green Day was pop punk for me. Me too. They're almost the real thing. However, their songwriting it's undeniable. Yeah. Do you guys remember when March 2020 happened? Didn't he sing this song during the coronavirus? Yeah, he probably did. He probably oh, yeah, probably. whatever, whatever. Yeah, right. Hey, guys, I mean, he was in his bedroom and he played the song. Whether it was 1997 or right. 2020, it holds water. It's a legit song. I think the key to a lot of good songs is you can't tell when that song was written. Some of the songs in the 80s, I can tell that was March of 83. Yeah. When you can tell that. Over stylized. Exactly. You know what that style is. That song is still in the zeitgeist. Yeah. And Rob, I want to use zeitgeist, by the way, in every single podcast I'm in. So I want to make sure that that's, <laughs> that's in brand. That's his brand. Zeitgeist.com. A couple of things for me. Mm. This I always thought it was about the loss of somebody in his life or 
It was really his girlfriend moving to Ecuador. He was pissed. <laughs> Again, I don't listen to lyrics, so I have no idea. I could care less. But I always thought it's such a deep song, and it touches so many people who lose people in family yeah, and you hear right. it in funerals yep you hear it all the time in sad it. stuff in memoriam stuff and exactly it's a perfect song for that right, yeah. right. it's a funeral and song <laughs> it does kind of work that way to some degree it's it's really this emotional song right yeah one of the weird things the video for this I've never video, seen the video armstrong doesn't smile in the video at all and it's a dark song so maybe that's the reason but, but that's he may not, not the smile reason. in real life that's, that's cool <laughs> that's not the reason before the shoot yeah his drummer was throwing a tv set out of a hotel window and as he was going he tried to either help him or stop him nobody was really sure right but he chipped his tooth so he had to shoot the video right after <laughs> so you'll fantastic. notice that his mouth fantastic is is not that's smiling. a great fun fact right there <laughs> well so i think roger daltrey is like the the key about throwing a tv out the window into the pool is that you have to keep it plugged in. So you have to go like the Home Depot and buy like a hundred foot extension cord and make sure it's plugged in when it hits the pool. So, so fun that's fact. the key. You can throw any TV out the window, but is it still on when it hits the water, right? It, the can it electrocute everybody in the water or yeah. what it hits? Or fire oh, action in the next God. room. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. I like that, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's listen to our number six. Good riddance. Time of your life. A good time. Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Good riddance, time of your life, Green Day, mm. great tune So let's move on to number five, and once again, I am on the bench again. Yes. Uh, wow. So I feel so this I must be a really good weird there for a little yeah, while. Really <laughs> and it was like, Steve had it early on. Oh, I'm having it late. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This is highest on Steve's list. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to be Lenius off. It's number seven for you. Mm. This is by Sugar Ray, and the song oh, is Fly. You know, it's, it's a good This a song could be number one song. for all of our lists okay. if we were being honest. <laughs> it's, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> but if I continue, why is, why is Fly? Dude, it's party. It's let go time. It's karaoke time. It's let's just hang out. And be cool. They have purchased a lot of beach houses from this Dude, song. Dude, right? we sure. are going to party. It is, it's I'm still being played. Fly. Yeah, of course. There's still checks in the mailbox yeah. when you go out every Monday because this is the, you know, it's just a... At, and for, has, again, for this year. Now, if I'm doing every song that's ever been written, this is not close. But for this year, this is a great, again pop song and it's reggae it's it's pop, got everything it's, the, it's, the, it's different the, a little bit what kind of life were you living in 97 i was married and had my i wife. was what 97 uh, i wasn't married what yet. was i doing i think i had a paper out i was married and had a kid on the way yeah because so, i'm an old man in but. my mindset this song made me escape and it wasn't like dude this band is gonna take over the world <laughs> it wasn't that it was like this song makes me feel good you hear this song. You hear it all the time. It's intentionally what it is. It hit all the boxes that, that, yes. that needed to hit. They they were writing a hit song, and, and you got they a did front it. man that can sell it too. Yeah, exactly. You know, good looking guy. It had cool. It had swag to it. There's a couple the interesting story about this song. Mm. Well, first, there's a couple things, but let me just start with Tell this us one. Robert. Let me just start with this one. 
Uh, this is a quote from. This is not on your list, from right? Matt McGrath. Wait, no. is this not on your it's list? It's not on my list. <laughs> Go ahead. It's uh, just you and I. But he right. knows all the info about it. We just like the song. <laughs> he knows all the info. <laughs> this is his his quote. Uh, the drummer brought this to him. The Stan Frazier's the drummer for mm-hmm. for Sugar Ray. Brought it to McGrath. McGrath. Mm-hmm. And this is his quote. I almost quit the band when I first heard it. It was the worst <laughs> thing I ever heard. This is actually what he said. Yeah. And then he talked to a friend of his who does like music videos and all sorts of stuff. And he goes, I told him I hated it. He told me, just go back, give it another listen, see if you can structure it, make chords out of it, and put verses to it, and it ended up being this massive thing. Dude, the power of the game. All right, let's listen to Fly by Sugar Ray off the Florida album. Number five song overall of the year in 1997. Let's listen. Where I go, is great you i know, love it, that it's, it's not a sophisticated song like it's 200 perfect, years from now though. they're not gonna be talking about it but at the time it was perfect yeah, for what i it liked was. it right now too though yeah. I, I i really did it was all about the struggle from having button flies and they just wanted a real flock <laughs> <laughs> to me i can picture myself riding a motorcycle down a freeway going to the beach you know, I, I, that's what literally a, what I just right. thought. There was a movie based on the song. What? What? Called The, the Fly. Fly. I've watched that like <laughs> Wait a two minutes. Hey, that I, was about 20, that hey, was about 10 years before. I watched that movie a couple of months ago and I was like, whoa, this was darker than I remember. Uh, yeah. Gina Davis. And, I saw it and, in the theater. And then there's a making of The Fly. That's really? out there too. There's a documentary, really? The Making of the Fly. I have it on my on my hard drive. And the Return of the Fly. You on your hard drive? <laughs> I have Good that Lord. too. <laughs> that says a lot about you. Fly to Electric Boogaloo. Oh, <laughs> it's extended dance remix version. Oh gosh. Oh. Moving on to the next song. Oh my gosh. All right, number four overall. And Jeff, you're on the bench on this one. What? This is my number eleven. Steve number two. Ooh. By Veruca Salt. Ooh. Oh yeah, this song, eight arms to hold rocks. your album, and the name of the song is Volcano Girls, which I like quite a bit. So, Steve, dude, the riff of this, the punk rock, stick it to the man, was yeah. still alive in that yeah. day. Um, however, my daughters know this song, and they're fourteen and fifteen. Wow, I don't know how they found Did it. Did you introduce they them? Or they just found no, it. No, they wow. found it. But I my girls that, are coming right? back to yes. this song, going. There's something in this song that I love, and yeah. I'm like, I agree. In that note, it's really cool. My my first daughter went to college. Mm. I dro- dropped her off uh, a couple weeks ago. One of the things she told me before, she goes, "Dad." I need your playlist because I like finding songs that I like. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So, but she actually listens to some of these playlists from the Dre Dozen podcast and other ones that I do for prep for new ones. And she finds songs yeah. in there that she likes and then she puts it on her playlist. And it's just interesting that the new generation is actually doing that to some degree. Yes, and exactly. they find songs that sound like it. And yep. it's actually, I don't know how they do yeah, that. That's great. That Real music's coming back in my mind. Songwriting in general in pop music, rock music, whatever, is back. Mm-hmm. It there. My daughters are listening to music where I'm like, "How did you find this? Where? Who are they? What? How did? What? What is this? Well, so, what is, is it? Is it the chord structure or it's it's real songwriting? It's songwriting. It's chord structure, 
lyrics are as messed up as our world is right, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the melody and the song craft—it seems is, to be that's coming back because so it hasn't tight. been for Even about fifteen Billie years. Even Billie Eilish, like the song that my girls love. By the way, of her. he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my kids hate that joke. It's a dad joke, and they hate it. I loved it. Thank uh, you. I thought I was hoping you weren't serious, but I loved it. <laughs> but one of her songs on her new album it is badass. It reminds so, me of Nirvana. It she, reminds me of like is real. She rock. writing it, or is it one of the seven producers? I think on it's the her song. and her brother. Interesting. Her well, that, that's a great. That's a tick to her. But you know that. But anyway, Veruca Salt, Nita Gordon, who did the lead vocal on this, just love her gravelly tone and mm. just the way she delivers it, and. Obviously, the straight-ahead drums, but the heavy guitar and the vocals really hit it for me. The guitar solo is actually okay, too. Into the bridge, and I love that rhythm section taking a break before the fills come in and actually, you know, mm-hmm. start it back up again. And the yeah. guitar riff sells this, too. Like, the guitar yeah, riff makes exactly. this song like, oh, I know that song. Yeah. You know. And you know where Verka Soul came from, right? Huh. It came from a movie. Uh, probably one that you've seen, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, exactly. She's Veruca. Yeah. yeah oh, the, I the, love it. The, yeah. the, the, the little red-headed girl, yeah. the, like, little... Bitchy Is that her girl. name? Yeah, Veruca Salt. Yeah, <laughs> she turned she turned into the uh, the blueberry. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I love yep. That. And the the other uh, backup vocals, the other singer in this band mm-hmm. was uh, Louise Post, who also plays guitar, and they used to switch on guitars and all mm-hmm. sorts of things. She actually dated Dave Grohl for a while. Oh, interesting. Uh, that makes sense. 97. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it fits. And they were on tour with Hole, so that must have been an interesting dynamic. Oh, good My Lord. My daughters are listening to Hole, too. Are they really? Bella is. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, this might be a little hair I remember rock. this, yeah. but it's a little trashy. I wasn't into Hole. But I love that your girls are so listening rock. to that music. Like, they're, they're not into the whatever's norm. Like, they'll tap into a little bit of that's, that. That's they're interesting. Like, they're exploring in a completely we different We listened direction. to a band at a pizza parlor once, and Michelle, M- Megan, my my youngest daughter, was like, hey, Dad, you play that song. <laughs> you play that song in the car. What was it? It was UFO, like, Lights Out or something. <laughs> like, 1978. That's, like, hey, good. Yeah, Megan, you were, t- you were 25 years before you were born. Yeah. But I love the fact your girls ex- they're, and, they're and finding they're new music. It. Yeah, and right. I listen to it. I'm like, where'd you guys find this? Well, it's good songwriting. Right? And and they they like, I don't know. We just like it. I'm like, great. I like it, too. Let's they're, listen to this. They're moving toward good songwriting. <laughs> right. I went, I'm trying not to over like it because then they may not right. like well, it Well, my anymore. dad likes it. Forget Be it. careful. Here, here's my warning. When your child goes off to college, I saw a picture on her wall. And she has her picture of the weekend on a big mm-hmm. poster. And then she has a wall full of records. And I'm like, that's my record. What the hell? <laughs> hey, you took it from me. She took my Arctic Monkeys album. Whoa. Did they really? Which one? Uh, AM. Yeah, and, it's a great and, song. And, a great and, album. And, yeah, and she put that on there. And I was like, I was like, what's up? What's up? That's fine. You're like, okay, there's hope for you. But it's okay. Like half of my albums are like, she's like, oh, I need that album. I need that album. I need that. And so it's it's good though. I appreciate it. That's a sign of good parenting. Right. That's all I can say. Wow. Yeah. Good call. My my daughters are listening to Arctic Monkeys. Are they really? Yeah. I love Arctic Monkeys. I really do. Have you heard Bono's son's band, Inhaler? No. Really? It's good. I introduced it to my daughters because someone sent it to me. I'm like, girls, check this out. Is this it's, good? They play with the Edges band, Asthma Tech. <laughs> oh, <'cause... laughs> oh, my You're God. You're awesome, Rob. Goodness gracious. Talk about dad jokes. Good Lord. Oh, That's a gosh. good one. The inhalers? Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Moving on. What were we on? Oh, okay. Combined, they're called breathing. this one yet, have They're we? breathing treatments <laughs> as the combined band. <laughs> All right. Speaking of breathing treatments, our number four song, Back Again, 
is Volcano Girls by Veruca Salt. Let's hear Off it. of the Eight Arms to Hold You album. Let's listen to number four, song off 1997, baby. Here we That record sounds great. I'm a sucker for distorted guitars. That sounds guitars. way better than Pearl Jam 92. Like, it sounds great. Now you're being silly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, but they know, did, but they, sonically, it sounds better. Those five years between 10 and this album, oh. they jumped so far from a producing standpoint that I would have, almost have to agree I with you. I love those guitar sounds. I think it's that, that record is yeah. produced really well. Jeff and I were talking during that a little about how the beginning part, not necessarily the chorus, the chorus doesn't sound like whole, but the, the front oh, end does. Oh, it's completely whole. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. better, actually. Yeah. I, well, I think it has uh, a little like bit more sophistication. Vocal-wise, yeah, vocal-wise, I, think, yeah, I agree. The pitch yeah. is way better. Yep, I agree. <laughs> okay, that was number four, Volcano Girls by Veruca Salt. We're on number four? Can we go slow down a little bit? Yeah, we're going to jump to three right now. All Here we go. Right. What is it? We're, and I'm sitting in the bench, this one. Yeah. This is on both of y'all. Must list. be really good then. Dude, This is back. off of we're the back. album Left of the Middle. Okay, go. By Natalie Imbruglia. Dude, this chick was so awesome. And it's the name of this song is Torn. Perfect and song. Steve's five and Jeff's three. Yeah, so it he had, had to make the list. Oh, right. Uh, plus, yeah. She was beautiful. Oh, Simon Cowell was behind this. Oh, I didn't know this. Yes. So Tell me more. That's why he has two Rolls Royces. She was very beautiful. And this is a great pop song. So the two I, of those the song together. is incredible. Exactly. I, I agree. don't think she was an original artist. I think she was not. Was, right. It was sung before by an artist that kind of went flat and like, hey, let's get the let's really hot brunette with blue yeah. eyes. Here's, here's <laughs> the scandal. It, it was written outside of the US. Yeah. And it was done by a band in Denmark. Yes. But it was not done in English. Oh, interesting. Oh. It, was, it was sung in Danish. I love Danish, by the way. Strawberry is fantastic. And she found it, made it with English lyrics, and well, they, it uh, was found for her. Yeah, let's, no, I mean, let's be yeah, honest. The producer right? found yeah, yeah. it for her. It for was her found yeah, for yeah. her. They said they had the song. They said we can make this sound really good in English. Who's the person that we can, can put sell up it. front? Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. can sell it? In reality, she was much like Rick Springfield. She was a soap opera actress. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, as she was uh, in a show called Neighbors. Which actually Kylie Minogue was also Neighbors is a huge show in England. It's like EastEnders. It's been around for a thousand years. Uh, EastEnders over my head. (laughs) That's right. I I know know a little bit more British stuff than you. Maybe not so much. But but. I think for me, as just a generic man in 1997, I saw her and I was like, wow, this girl's really interesting. And this song is incredible. And it has that great singer-songwriter feel. Absolutely. I think I watched the video on this, too. Of course you did. It was everywhere. Is that what it was? Yes, of course you did. And everybody can relate to a breakup. Yeah. At least 99% of people can. I don't know about you. I've can't. never broken up. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, broken up. Please. You and, guys uh, are I mean, way better in that yeah. department. Yeah. Anyway, but dealing with that pain and when you're a teenager, especially. Yeah. And I think some of the lyrics go over the top on the breakup. I mean. Sure. She's a soap opera actress. Did she have more expecting. hits than this? Or was she just. Did no, she, this, is this is it. Yeah. Really? This, this, is, yeah. Is, yeah. Sad this is it. Because I loved. She's just a pretty girl. Pretty girl. Had a 
decent voice, yeah. but the and, song... Good enough to sell this, for The sure. song made it, yeah, right? I so agree. if someone else had written a song of this quality, she would have had another yeah. hit, but outside of that. The only lyric Steve ever heard was lying naked on the floor. <laughs> right. Like, oh, 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 her? Honestly, so, I'm like, wait, unfortunately, that's wait, the one that popped you into my were head. lying naked on the floor? All right, <laughs> exactly. keep telling me. Talk right. to me. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that popped into my mind, too. <laughs> That lyric is pretty darn popular, too. No, the lyric no, is no doubt. Well, it, on this song. So it, it has two things, right? So there's the, the one side of it, the sexual side. And then there's the pain side of it, yeah. right? So it's the it's vulnerability. The, it's the no, vulnerability of the pain, the pain yeah. side, song, right? Yeah. Exactly. The lyrics for this make the song for yeah, me. Well, I it, agree it does to me. I mean, they jump out. So as an ADD guy that doesn't listen to lyrics, this did jump out. I mean, you yeah. guys took it for the sexual. <laughs> what can I say? But I took it from the pain <laughs> side where it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is a made a mark in her life that she'll never forget. Yeah. Right? Or someone that wrote it. Jeff just held up a sign and said, <laughs> Don't tell the truth, Michelle is listening. Exactly. <laughs> Was it that obvious? I'm sorry. I, I apologize to the words. I, of the song. I have no wait, idea what everyone wait, a else girl saying this? I didn't know. I'm sorry. What did she look like? She's she's striking. Like she's a sixty year old matron? I didn't realize. <laughs> Maybe now. Dame Maybe. Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quiet. Now. Can we play the song now? Yeah, okay. Number three yeah. song overall, Torn by Natalie and Broglie. Great song, great song. So good. It's that chord change right there when she and says they, torn. And it's they just picked good. the best musicians to play it. The bass line on the verse is no, it's great. Yeah. insane. It's- they weren't trying to change the world with the song. They wanted to sell records. Yeah. It made people feel something. Yeah, exactly. In 1997, I was in. Damn, Apparently never- Rob wasn't. Yeah, Rob's Rob out to lunch. He's, uh, wrong. Yeah. He's wrong, but that's okay. He was on the East Coast. Today. Do I have to do it again? <laughs> Look, it had to be in there. God dang it. I'm not going to come back for any of these. Trying to be broad. That was one of the biggest songs of that year. Moving on to number... Okay, that was that was number three by... Number three, Torn. Now we're down to the final two, and this is on everybody's list. It's got to wow. be. It's got to be. The, the, number two and number one are on everybody's list. Yeah, okay. it has to. Uh, so number two, I had the highest, but mm. barely. Right. This was in the top three for Steve and I, and this was just number six. This was Steve's number three and my number two uh, band called Third Eye Blind came oh, out with yeah. a song yeah. called Semi Charm Life. The crazy thing about this song, I'll start because I have it higher. I never knew this song was about crystal meth. Right, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I want something else to get me through this semi charm kind of life. Doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break, and right. then they start hitting like hit. hit <laughs> I don't know hit, how hit. we missed that, right? Like, all the stuff you're not even thinking about because they have the chorus and yeah. the other stuff that's not about that so much, but it is, but yes. you don't know it. I think artists run it for us sometimes because they're in their own little deep right. cave, yep. and we hear it, and, and here's the deal. No matter what the lyrics mean, the music, they're obviously trying to contrast the darkness of that message with yes. something that's the pill yeah, that can be no. swallowed. Yeah, and again, I've said this a hundred times. It, it, it's, it's a so great pop light. song. It's pop. It's, it's a total great pop. pop. And it has a great hook. Yes. Which and sells it, records and makes it stick in the brain. Plus, plus the big guitars, <laughs> the great like drum groove that this song has, which I love. Even the doo-doo-doos almost work in this, right? 
And the verse is delivered kind of like a rapid fire with a rap sort of way. And the chorus, to your point, really catchy. You hit that perfect storm, and right? You have everything kind of falls together. And one of my yeah. favorite parts of the song, which we probably won't hear because it's later on. Yeah. After the bridge, he goes into the falsetto yeah, voice right. in there. And it's like, it's great. Well, it adds a different dynamic, right? It changes the feel for a short time. And 97, the verse of this, the rappy kind yeah. of verse... It worked. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I, it's not my thing. No, but, it, but it's you perfect. Had Smash Mouth, which was what, 96? It was originally on my list. Yeah, 99 even year. had stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. But it had that, it was it was there, but it was. it's a guitar riff kind of yeah. Like, yes. song yeah, and band, really. They, they nailed that part of it. I, I, I think this song is very important for 1997, personally. Yeah, I think their quote on this is that it's about never being satisfied and it's reaching backwards the things you've lost and towards things you can never get. And I think somebody has, everybody has identification with that. So this was the period where I guess the song titles don't match what any of the lyrics are. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, it's semi-charm kind of life. It's, it's like, in there, but It's yeah. like I'm semi-charm because I'm high. I guess that's why I was talking about it. But well, yeah. he feels that way at the time. You know, what was I using when I fell asleep inside you? He even said something like that in there yeah, in the right. lyrics, you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just crazy. And I never realized it because I'm just mm. like... You're at the New Jersey Club dancing around. I want some. Hanson and Shania Twain, and then they go into Third Eye Blind. Where's my lighter? It was feel good. It felt good. Exactly. But yeah. All right. Let's listen to number two song overall Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Let's listen. I want to keep listening to that. That's a great tune, dude. Again, Fantastic. it's still played today. It, it weighs a lot to me, right? So now we've come through number two. No pun intended. semi Charm Kind of Life by Third Eye Blind. What's next? Number one. It no has, way. It has to be. I know what it is. It has number to be. Number one. This is be. Steve's number nine. Yep. This is my number one. And my number one. And this is Jeff's number one. Yep. What? Yeah. We matched. Boom. Boom. The smart uh, guys finally come through. This is off the album The Color and the Shape by a band called Foo Fighters. No. And the song is Everlong. Everlong Ever is one of the best songs ever written. I, I'm with you. I love Foo Fighters. but So my list. Foo Fighters for me, it... Um, and, and we did the Foo Fighters episode. We did the Foo Fighters episode. episode and it was 46. number one for us on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Foo Fighters. So it had to be up there for me. But Foo Fighters is... The only rock band that still exists. I agree. In a sense, right? I agree. I second thank that. Thank you. Thank you. It's the I only think rock. Five Finger Death Punch disagrees with you. All right, fine. Or, or <laughs> Eagles of Death Metal, but actually bands that actually make melodic music that are still around. I think Foo Fighters is the only rock band that still kind of exists. So I'm giving them a little bit of weight for that. But Everlong is a great song, though, right? I think people at Corn are pretty upset right now. Fine. <laughs> or, or people fine. at Slipknot. Let him send. Let him send emails. That's yeah, fine. people from uh, Foo Fighters. I like a lot. I'm not. Of course uh, you do. It's my number yes. one. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm just taking umbrage to the fact that it's the last rock band. I hate when people say that. A hundred percent. So there's. Guys, are you guys judging Foo Fighters from a current 
no. state or no. of 1997. Of 1997. But Foo Fighters at this point, <laughs> so we had left grunge. Kurt yeah, Cobain was dead. Post grunge. Kurt Cobain was dead. Soundgarden broke up. <clears throat> Pearl Jam was still around, but not necessarily doing albums. And then we had and a lot more of mellow. Totally, they 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 rebelled against the grunge sound. Right, and we then we had a lot of the British bands. Right, you know the Oasis and pop music, the Oasis and the you know the Blurs and so forth and so on that we talked about. Arctic Monkeys that we talked about earlier. Third Eye Blind, American music right. was kind of in. Yeah, but this was still, and I'm a sucker. I said it earlier for distorted guitars. Yeah, this I'm was the yeah. this was the piece that still kept me going i think right? the biggest foo fighter song of this period that connected with me mm-hmm. was the mentos one that was just big so me. good Which one's that? what year big was me. that big, big me. me that was the first album yeah that was a, a couple years earlier 1995 i, I like that about. this song, i think it was this out is of the biggest song that, of their the, career yeah everlong ever yeah this is their biggest song. this is because it works acoustically yeah if dave's playing it alone on guitar by himself yep by it and he does it in concert yep and oh, did they do it in concert? Yeah, yeah. They, they, she starts with it ever what long. Tuning at, at, is oh, he says the first. Is that yeah. drop D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's drop D. But that said, it's one of those songs that it's just you know it works when anybody can play it and it works just with one guitar with a band. It works with but all sorts of things. It's a solid guitar. song, and he's a great like. He, and, he's and, a great song. And this right. came from one of the lowest points in Dave Grohl's life. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden he was homeless. Yeah, tell just, the story. Just divorced. He was locked out of his bank account because of some conflict he was having with the record company on or the amount of money he owed them. His drummer just left the band or was going to leave the band mm. because, well, Dave wanted to play the drums. Right, yeah. And, and, <laughs> Dave uh, likes hanging on and that. Pat Smear Pat uh, was, about, was about to quit because yeah. he was friends with his wife who saw yeah. what Dave did to his wife and he didn't know if he could meet in band with him, and he left. That's not the the public story, but that's the real story. And then later they made up, and they're fine now. But yeah, and Dave Grohl, when he first came out with the yeah. riff for that, he, he kind of said it was kind of a riff off of a Sonic Youth type of feel. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. It fits. And interesting, there's some whispering at the end. It's a combination of three tracks. One track is a love letter being read. The other is a technical manual being read. And the other is a story about a father of one of the studio engineers being read. And it's all at the same time. You'll hear it at the end, which you won't hear it. But if you listen to the track, you'll hear it. It's a great song. Go it's listen fantastic. to it. I mean, and, it's, it's just, it's well-crafted. And it was it's, in the Wolf on Wall Street. So you know it has to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put it at number nine that's on my class, list. That's exactly. classic. It's, uh, but it's in a movie. Classic we movie. What number this, did this go on your podcast? One. One. Wow! Yeah, all, three, all three of us had it. Then I'm happy that I put it at nine. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, because in '97, Foo Fighters were on my radar, but they weren't. They hadn't hit it huge yet from a. But we're tying back to the song. Yeah. Uh, if the song even was released two years later as a single, it doesn't matter. It's the, it's when '97. That's when that song dropped, and if you right. bought that album, you found that song right away. Right. No this doubt. song can. If you took the producing aspect out of it, this song could be written at any decade. I agree. Right. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. And it was interesting, the whole Dave Letterman thing that went on. He loves this song. I mean, I, Dave loves it more than I do. Let's put it that way. But yeah. it was the last song you've had played on his... Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. He had them come in and play it on the last on the last, last show. last show ever, yeah. Yeah. What year? May 20th, 2015 was his last episode. Oh, my birthday. Dave had it for me. Yes, he did. And that's why he had everyone. I was 25 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, let's listen to the number one song overall of 1997, Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Let's listen. Okay, that was uh, Everlong, number one. I think one. the verses are a a haunt from the grunge days. The chorus kind of steps up into where are we going now, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It helped them progress to the next album, the next and the next. It got them yeah. past the grunge And piece. really the sound of that era. Yes, yeah. It, yeah, right. it got them past that, that phase. They could leave it behind. Yeah. There you go. All right, so let's... Go to what missed the cut. Well, first of all, let's remind people what the top 12 was. Our number 12 was That Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain. Number 11, Miami by Will Smith. Number 10, Mbop by Hanson. Number 9, Hypnotize by The Notorious B.I.G. Number 8, No Surprises by Radiohead. Number 7, Song 2 by Blur. Number six, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life by Green Day. Number five, Fly by Sugar Ray. Number four, Volcano Girls by Veruca Salt. Number three, Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Number two, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Number one, Everlong by Foo Fighters. Now, let's go and see what missed the cut. Okay, Jeff, you had a couple songs that missed the cut. Number eight, I Do by Lisa Loeb. Everybody feels this way. Number nine, I'll Be by Edward McCain. Number 10, Carolina Blues by Blues Traveler. Number 11, Fuel by Metallica. And your number 12 song, Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith. Okay, Jeff, uh, what song do you want to talk about? You know, let's do Carolina Blues. Okay. Right, Blues Traveler. Sure. Right, I think, love Blues Traveler. Want to give them too. a little bit of a, you know, give them a little bit of mention here. <laughs> They're a jam band, right? But he writes really good songs. The harmonica and the guitar play well amongst each other. Sure. The bass line was always great. I think he's passed away from that drug overdose, I think, the bass player in this, after this album. Okay. You know it's a Blues Traveler song from the bass and the drums, but they fit so well. They're so sure. tight, I think. From a band standpoint, I think this is a great song. There might, you know, you could put in the I Do and I'll Be, you know, from, from a singer-songwriter standpoint. From a band standpoint, this is a great song. Okay, Steve, you had several songs you missed. Actually, you're the winner today, but here we go. You're number six, Bitch by Meredith Brooks. You're number seven, 
Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Number 10, Your Woman by White Town. And finally, your number 11, Father of Mine by Everclear. Okay, Steve, what do you want to talk about? Oh, that's a tough one for me. All of them. And by the way, congratulations on winning because you had the fewest Really? Songs. You had the fewest songs. I started bad, though, I know right? You, did. you started the first four, we're off, and then it was like... Wait, that's how you win? Oh, no. <laughs> I could win every week if that's the case. No, he had he had more songs on the list than any of us. Oh, he did? Wow. Yeah. I started so off. All right, I'm going to go with Everclear because to me, out of all of those, I came from the grunge vibe and missed it went through the mid 90s of it being regurgitated and this mm. just felt post punk grunge relatable sloppy not sloppy in a bad way but just the punk rock kind of sloppy yeah sloppy and, it, and the message of it yeah. father of my it just had a message to a deadbeat father and generation which i didn't identify with but the song and really their whole album they were great songwriters i loved it because it was loose it was loose and it was true for the lead singer uh, of the band most of the, even the five dollars that he got in christmas cards from his dad and he actually testified in Congress to try and endorse a child support bill. Oh, really? After this, yeah, this is this is really a. a he grew up like this. This is it's just like yeah. him laying his emotions out. The yeah. song, yeah, wow. whatever, yeah. Well, I I thought the song was good. It had a post punk, post grunge, but still was rock and roll, which was. It, it was just fun to listen to. I liked it. It still had the attitude that I loved about rock and roll. Yeah, and it was true. It wasn't. It wasn't a facade. It was. It felt real to me. Okay, a good song. Now let's go to the last one, which is me. I had several songs that missed the cut more than the other guys. Actually, my number six, "Gone Away" by The Offspring. My number seven, Touch, Heal, and Stand by Days of the New. My number eight, All for You by Sister Hazel. My number nine, Where the Green Grass Grows by Tim McGraw. My number 10, it's the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boston's. And my number 12, Elegantly Wasted by NXS.
Okay, I guess I have to talk about one. By the way, Steve reacted to the Days of the New. I almost want to talk about that, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about my number six, the one that didn't make the list, which was Gone Away by The Offspring. And it's really interesting that this song came about by Holland, who's the lead singer. He and his wife were at Baskin Robbins in Huntington Beach, and a gang did a drive-by shooting into the ice cream place. And he hit the floor. They hate ice cream? Yeah. Or were they, somebody was there, right? Who knows? Nobody was killed, but he was completely shaken up by yeah. it. And the idea that this is his quote, uh, that I came so close to death was a real life-changing moment. And it was right when we were recording Ixnay on the, on the Ombre, which is the name of the album. I know it's not a direct connection, but when you think about dying and think about grief and what it would feel like. What would it be like if my wife would have been the one who died? And he says he gets letters from so many people about gone away, about losing somebody and what it means to them. And parents have, you know, written stuff to him about their son dying of leukemia. And he said it just rips your heart out. Uh, So it's a really heavy song, but it's really, really good. But really interesting about uh, Keith, Dexter Holland, right? The lead singer. He just earned in 2017... A PhD in molecular biology. Yeah, he's from, a super smart from guy. USC. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. And he created one of the a very popular hot sauce. Yeah. Called Gringo Bandito. Mm-hmm. He's, this dude has a lot going on. It's nice to have a giant brain. So thank you guys. This has been so much fun. I Bob, enjoyed every time. Thank you so much for just inviting me. Really cool. I loved really it cool. doing it. First time I done with Steven, so it's it's. I loved it. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you want me back, let me know. Yeah. And Steve, awesome having you as well. And mm-hmm. uh, Jeff, obviously you're brilliant every time you're here. That's I why you're here. That, but thank you. Yeah, it's been so much fun doing this. And the 90s are amazing. And now the cool thing is this is 97. And the cool thing about 97, number one, it's the 60th episode ever See? of the podcast, which right. I think is wow. pretty cool. Yep. And But more than that, for you listening, if you've made it this far, you have the opportunity that is not given to everybody. Well, it is given to everybody who's paying attention. A week from today, we're gonna to start gathering bands for next year. I want you to put it out there. I don't care if it's the Indigo Girls and that's the band you want us to do. <laughs> Steven will do that one. Yeah. I'm in. 92, <laughs> Indigo, but, or, or whatever. It's like, there's not a bad. UFO wouldn't be bad. I it, would be in that one. You can throw a UFO in there, but the idea is you give us the bands, we group them into like rock bands, metal bands, country bands, etc., And then you vote on each genre, which one you want, and the ones that get the most votes win. And voila, we're covering it next season on the podcast. <laughs> I vote for the national and elbow. You have to you have to wait for one week from today, and then you can do that. You can, put them, you can throw those in. <laughs> wait, how do we do it? On Facebook or what? Yeah, how on do we Facebook. do that, Rob? Please explain on Facebook, to us how we do our, it. Our, our page, you'll follow on Facebook. If you ever want to know where that is, just go to Facebook and search at Dirty Dozen Podcast. Make sure you add the podcast part. And you'll go right to our page. Voila. It's also available in the show notes on Podbean which is dirtydozenpodcast.podbean.com, and you can just click on it and go. And there's all the show notes there are great, so you should probably check that out too. I really have loved some of the, the people in the community and just chatting about different bands and how different bands meant a lot to them. And mm. So, yeah, so be involved, hang out. God bless. I'll see you guys in two weeks. 
with 1996. And I believe Ralph is going to be joining us on that one. So that'll be always interesting. So I will see you soon. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you.